with all you seekers, explorers, and renegades out there. Welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. In today's episode, talking about unconditionality, uh, we explore the topic to see if it's even possible as humans to be fully unconditional in our approach to our relationships and our experiences uh, and even in our internal process or is it more about the balance and awareness of uh, the conditions and expectations we put on the world around us and ourselves in order to move uh, towards a state where we can flow through our experience as opposed to being fully attached to the outcomes and having expectations that we uh, are so focused on that we can't see what's around us as well as listening to today's podcast also remember to read the uh, show notes or episode notes uh, as they they are slightly more concise but equally in deep and uh, exploratory as the uh, conversation itself all right let's go deep diving into the topic of unconditionality enjoy kindness is not a business True kindness expects nothing in return and should never act with conditions. And this comes from uh, The Light in the Heart by Roy T. Bennett. Now, we can put conditions, as individuals, we can place conditions on ourselves as well as external events or people. Uh, We can put conditions on our pets, we can put conditions on uh, plants uh, or events or experiences. Uh, And it's an expectation of exchange for a gift, product or service expressed or unexpressed. That's kind of my definition of condition. Uh, So we're placing a condition on someone to someone something to if we give them something, we'll have something in return. And when we look at, when we put conditions on ourselves, it's conditions on feelings or emotions. So, you know, it's one of these uh, mistakes, I suppose, or choices we make rather, uh, where we say, you know, when I have this new job, I'll be happy. When I make this much money, then I'll be happy. Oh, when I make this much money, I'll feel secure. So we place a condition on a future event. Uh, just as a sidebar, you know, what happens if you place your, uh, your, uh, the condition of your happiness in the future? When you get there, it's going to be somewhere else in the future. So... Uh, we, we always want to try and capture our joy and our happiness in the moment that we're in. Uh, but that's for another call. That's for another discussion. So, we'll, you know, then we place these conditions on in life on ourselves that, you know, when I do this, I'm going to feel, or if, uh, if I feel like this, then this will happen. Or if, if this happens, then this, then I'll feel happy. So they, they, you know, we attach ourselves to the outcome a lot of times, and that's where we place these conditions. Um, and when we when we place conditions on our fulfillment or our, our uh, 
experiences, then we close ourselves off to opportunities for something greater to happen. So say, for example, I state the intention that when I get a uh, when I get a job earning, say, £50,000 a year, then I'll feel secure, then I'll feel happy. Right? When I do that, then I focus, I set my brain to say, oh, to focus on that. Okay, find a job, 50000 a year, that equal, equals happiness. And then I will look for the job that offers that. Now, there might be another opportunity when the opportunity is to earn 100000 but I will be closed off to the opportunity because I placed the condition. There has to be a job where I earn 50000 and it has to be a uh, you know, full-time job. So we, we, the condition prevents, it becomes a resistance for us to uh, and step into our greatness or resistance to uh, living life full out, as it were. Now, most of the time, you know, when we place these conditions on ourselves, it is because of conditioning. So, uh, you know, we're told as we're kids, uh, you know, grow up, get married, have two kids, dog and a buy a house and have a good job right so no wonder we go into university or college or school or whatever with the intention of okay i'm going to go to school and then i'm going to get a good job now what is a good job now society tells us that you know if you make money then you're successful so we equate the good job with being successful or with making money, and then that makes us successful. Now, when we place that type of condition on it, we're not looking to fulfillment. We're not looking for joy. We're looking for a good job. Now, most of us are not told as we grow up that go out and do what you love, and the money will follow. We hear that, but then on the other hand, everybody in society says, no, find a good job. You just need a good job, you need to survive, and that's it. So we, we put these conditions on things. Um, and so when we're looking at the external, you know, we are pinning a feeling or emotion on external validation. So, for example, I might pin my ability to love someone on one particular person. You are the only one I will ever love, right? So our ability to love becomes conditional on this other person loving us back. Again, we're closing ourselves off to the opportunity to experience it something even greater with someone else um so it's putting conditions on our external world to make us feel something now the the point is that when 
when we are born, all of these emotions exist within us, or the propensity for all of these emotions or experiences uh, exist within us. So when we go into life and we experience that emotion for the first time, it's not that we were given the emotion from the outside. It was just that something from the outside triggered it within us. Now, when we're, uh, when we're children and we experience these emotions, sometimes it can be quite jarring because a lot of emotions have levels of pain attached to them. Uh, so we express that pain. And then the environment around us says, oh, stop crying, or don't be so sensitive, or pucker up, you know, stiff up a lip. You know, don't, don't be so emotional, don't be so whatever it may be. So we were taught from a young age that the emotions that we hold inside, that we should avoid them that we should uh, not really concern ourselves with them because they're dangerous and they are uncomfortable. Um, so now, of course, when we go out and we go through kind of puberty and we go into adolescence and become uh, adults and we, we experience love and we experience excitement uh, of you know, fulfillment and so forth. These are fantastic feelings to have, but we don't see them as being internal because we haven't been uh, given the opportunity to really experience ourselves as we're growing up because people have told us all the time to stop feeling, stop being so emotional, stop doing this, right? So now we, we pin this... Uh, conditional on external events. And this is oftentimes when depression comes in because we go through life and then perhaps we come into a bit of a more challenging period in life. And we'll look back on times when we felt loved and we felt uh, fulfilled. Uh, and because we've pinned our feelings and our emotions and our kind of fulfillment, enjoyment, and joy, love, etc. on these different events, that then causes us to long back through those moments. We, we don't understand that we actually hold those emotions within us and we can ourselves find them and evoke them without the need of an external uh, catalyst, if you like. Um, so when we look back at these events, we become sad because we don't have that experience any longer. We're not in that space where we're experiencing that. And because we uh, kind of pinned it to an external environment that happened, you know, five, 10, 20 years ago, then we go into this level of despair that then becomes depression. And if we hold on to that depression for, or stay in that depression for a long period of time, it becomes it can become clinical depression, which is very challenging to come out of. Um, so, and this is the same way anxiety works, where we're pinning 
uh, we, we're afraid that we're not going to experience this in the future. We, we're afraid we, we, we pin or we put conditions on how we're going to feel in the future based on what we expect those events to be. And we put doubt on those events ever happening. And that's where anxiety comes in. Um, so conditions in our lives, I, I'm painting a rather grim picture of uh, conditions at the moment. Uh, but of course, there, there are balances to be had. But let's explore a little bit further here on uh, uh, the relationship between people or, you know, relationship between a uh, master and an animal um, or animal and their master. So we can have, there's an expressed uh, condition on an exchange. So if I sell my car to someone uh, and I say, you can buy my car for a thousand pounds, then the condition is that I receive a thousand pounds when they receive the car. Uh, now, the buyer can, of course, put conditions on that the car works, that the, all the tires are new and the brakes have been tested and long list of conditions, right? And these are expressed consensual uh, conditions that we both agree on. And then that becomes part of the deal. Now... When I sell my car to someone, they may not put any conditions in there, but they may assume that the car works. But I might say, well, it's a cheap car. You're going to use it. Well, in my mind, I don't have that condition applied. So if the car doesn't work perfectly, if it hasn't been expressed, the person that makes the assumption is going to be upset and express that to me. And I'm going to be upset because it wasn't a condition that was uh, made from the beginning. So I might feel that it's cheap enough that, that other person should have known that it was only for parts or whatever it may be, or scrap value if you like. So there, that is the, um, the kind of unexpressed uh, condition that can exist in a uh, relationship between uh, parties. Uh, you know, if uh, when I have a dog, or I do have a dog, um, I do expect my dog to be not doing his business inside. Now, if my dog goes into uh, panic mode for some reason and needs to go, he's not going to have that same assumption. He's going to be happy to, you know, we on the floor. Um, now I'll get upset because I put that condition. I've trained him to be house, house trained. Um, and then, you know, he lets me know when he needs to go out and so forth. But it's still that condition. So that condition can then trigger a response from me. I will get upset if he weighs on the floor, even though, we can't express to each other, really. Of course, I can train him, um, but he can't express to me that, yes, I promise I won't pee on the floor unless I'm in a, an emergency. 
then that would be his commission to being house trained, right? Um, so from my perspective, I am placing conditions on someone I can't really communicate with. And therefore, that condition then can trigger me uh, unnecessarily. So we, we can always look at where we place conditions on ourselves uh, and how that those conditions uh, kind of work for us, right? So they, they can be both beneficial and uh, not so beneficial. Um, and of course, you know, we can have expressed conditions that are made under duress. So say we have a uh, relationship and uh, one party is feels that you know they are they need to be in that relationship to be happy and the other party is manipulative and they say well i need this to happen in order for me to love you and the other party who's needs to have this person in their life uh, are happy to be manipulated uh, then that there are conditions placed on the relationship, but it's done under duress. So it becomes that manipulative uh, uh, relationship. And then as I just uh, described, you have the un unexpressed conditions like assumptions, but also social norms. So if I hold up a door for someone, I expect that person to say thank you. That's a condition for me holding up the door. Now, we put that as being just being polite. But not everybody does that. Not everybody says thank you, either because they're thinking about something completely different and don't even realize someone's holding up the door for them, or it's just not something they were raised with, whatever it may be. So there is this idea of conditionality in a relationship with each other that is unexpressed and it's, it's implied. So now when I hold up that door for someone, since I'm a polite person and I would say thank you to that person, if they don't say thank you to me, that's going to upset me because I would say thank you, right? So again, it's something that triggers me but I don't have an expressed agreement with this person. I'm going to hold up the door for you, but you have to say thank you to me. Then that person can say, well, I'm not going to say thank you to you because I don't feel like, like I need to. Then I could have made the choice not to hold up the door for them. So because we don't go through that process, then again, we have looking at how can uh, how we place conditions on our external world is uh, affecting us hi uh, chris um in terms of um in terms of balance when it comes to needs and conditions mm -hmm. is there like a difference between them because needs and wants in a partnership yeah I, yeah, so let me see if I understand this correctly. 
Um, I saw someone describe one time that the greatest, uh, the greatest uh, kind of show of love is when you're able to release the person you love to find their true love. So if you're in a relationship and that person you're in the relationship with turns around and says, I met someone who is my true love. Then if I love that person enough, I should be able to release that person to be with their true love. So I'm not attaching my, the condition for me feeling love is not attached to that person. It's uh, my feeling of love for that person is goes beyond our relationship. Now, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying this is something that we, we're all going to aspire to, but I think it, it, it shows the it shows the propensity for detachment between uh, between two people to say you know in in our society you know we we get go to uh, we get married whether in whatever religious process uh, it may be or religious uh, uh, doctrine that we use uh, we make promises and so forth. I mean, in Christianity, for example, is um, until death do us part. Uh, now we know that 60% of couples don't stick to that. They don't adhere to that until death do us part. We get divorced at a higher rate these days than uh, ever before. So the question becomes, why do we feel the need to have this rigorous process where we make these promises to each other rather than saying i'm not going to put conditions on you i'm grateful for as long as you choose to be with me right rather than saying i need you to be in my in my world in my i need to be in a relationship with you in order for me to experience love rather than saying, I love being with you and I'm grateful for lo as long as you are with me or that we are in a relationship. But that that other person's happiness is more important than me holding on to them in a relationship. So I'm not putting any conditions on that person that they need to be in the relationship with me, otherwise I won't be happy, right? Yeah. Is that uh, along the lines uh, we, we were asking, Faz? Yeah, I think, thank you for, for explaining. That totally makes sense. It's kind of releasing. If you really love somebody, then you totally release them uh, lovingly, uh, regardless of whether it serves you or not. Exactly. That's the, yeah. the unselfish kind of uh, detachment, if you like. Unconditional loving. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, when we look at unconditional loving between two people that have met in life, 
it is I haven't met a single couple as of yet that display that. Uh, the only relationships I've found is the parent to a child that uh, that unconditionality exists. Uh, and a lot of times, even parents put conditions on children for their love. You know, do as I say. Mm. Uh, or, you know, if a child ends up in all sorts of trouble, you know, criminality, drug use, and so forth, the parent might shun them. So that it does require a lot from any given person to to truly uh, love someone unconditionally. It is a very, very tall order. Um, and I think from a and I'm saying from a parent to a child because a child didn't choose their parents, as it were. So it's easier for a child to detach from the parents, and it is part of their process as well. Um, however, oftentimes we see uh, children in abusive households to still hold on to that love for the parent, despite that parent being a complete, not a crap parent, right? Uh, so there, there is that level, but that can also be manipulative or manipulated uh, in that uh, con- based on conditions. Uh, because you know, when we are children, we are small and we can't fend for ourselves. There is that implied um, implied uh, condition that you know. Behave, do as I say, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, otherwise, uh, I will uh, not be able to. Or you won't be able to stay in the family. Now, most parents are not going to chuck the children out, but because they're not making their bed or something. But the child doesn't know that. Oftentimes, most of the time, or even if you say, if and if you tell them that. You know, don't worry, I'm not going to throw you out on the street, even if you don't make your bed, but I really need you to make your bed. Uh, they're not quite going to believe that because they don't they don't see the evidence of that yet. Because uh, you can't provide evidence of that. Uh, so there is conditional, uh, conditionality is really complex area. Uh, to deal with, um, so one of the condition or one conditionality we can talk about is charity. So, if I give money to say a homeless person or give food to a homeless person, whatever, and I walk away and I feel nothing, then I'm going to be disappointed, right? Because if I give something to someone, I should at least and it's without condition. I don't expect anything in return from that person. I expect myself to feel charitable. I feel I expect that I should feel grateful for being able to share something with someone else. I should be grateful. I, I should feel grateful for having connected with another person. 
So you see how that condition, we place that condition on ourselves. Now, if I don't feel that, then perhaps I need to look at also why I don't feel that. So this is part of the balance. It's that condition in my book in a way is, uh, is reasonable. It's reasonable for me to expect that I should feel charitable if I give something uh, to a charitable cause. If I don't feel anything, then I need to check in with my empathy level, right? But at least I, uh, it's having this uh, relationship with the conditions I place on myself and others around me, because this is oftentimes where conflicts come, come about. So say, you know, my parents buy an apartment for me and then <laughs> the parents turn around and say, yeah, we're, uh, I need you to uh, uh, go somewhere else next weekend because uh, we're going to come down for the weekend. Um, and I have, you know, go out on town for the weekend. And I'm going to say, well, it's my apartment. You're not going to, I know you bought it for me, but what, you're going to throw me out for the weekend? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, we bought it so that we could all use it. It's mainly yours, but... And then you go, well, you didn't tell me that when you bought it for me. You're placing conditions in the... Afterwards. So now, because that is an unexpressed and assumed condition, now the you, you have the uh, growing or the kind of fertile soil for conflict here, right? So how do you deal with this? How do you deal with when someone gives you something without any, any conditions whatsoever, but then afterwards come and are pissed off that their conditions weren't fulfilled? Right, so I give a gift to Tatiana. Tatiana says, thank you. And then I come two months later and I say, Tatiana, you didn't give me a gift in return. Tatiana goes, I didn't know I had to. And now I'm upset because I didn't get anything in return, right? But Tatiana is dumbfounded because she's like, I didn't know I had to, right? So, and this is, uh, this is something that does happen. I mean, this, <laughs> if I give a birthday present to someone or if someone gives me a birthday present, that a lot of times there, there is that expectation of reciprocation. But if we don't express it, should we be able to expect it? If we don't express the condition, should we, do we have any right to expect that condition to be fulfilled or that condition to be met? And especially now when we are all engaging on a global scale, I mean, in this conversation today, we have people from America and Britain and uh, all over the place, right? Um, 
So the condition or the the societal norms or the conditions that are implied in the society here in the UK are going to be completely different in the US, even though these cultures are quite close. Um, I mean, I moved from the UK to the US and, yeah, you had to relearn a lot of things. And you really have to widen your scope on your expectations because you don't know what people will expect from you. You don't know what you can expect from people, what is unspoken, right? So the recommendation is always to communicate any expectation that we have, any condition that we place on uh, any, uh, you know, gift or uh, anything that will give someone else. So, you know, if I give my love to someone else, if I have conditions attached to that, I need to, you know, voice that up front. So if I meet someone and there is an ex- I have an expectation that we are going to get married and we're going to have children. And this is, I think, a lot of times marriages uh, kind of start off on the wrong foot because you don't you don't express those conditions in the honeymoon period before you go into the uh, kind of daily rut. Um, so if I don't, and that person then turns around after we're married and says, oh, I don't want children. Now, that was a condition of mine for getting married. I didn't express it. So how can I expect that other person to have met that condition. So now I have a choice either to get out of the marriage or to stay in the marriage and accept the other person's uh, uh, not accepting that condition. Or if I'm lucky, that other person changes their mind if I stay in the marriage and chooses to have children with me. So you see how having authentic, honest conversations, even if those conversations are challenging, can relieve us from a lot of conflict, a lot of heartache, and a lot of problems down the line, because we are communicating our uh, our uh, con- conditions that we place on uh, the world around us. And, you know, these are, if you look at any type of division that exists, any type of conflict that exists, it is because there is uh, either side lacks the ability to communicate authentically. The, you know, we see in today's society with uh, Russia and Ukraine being at war. Now, that is because either party have not been able to express themselves authentically or honestly, transparently. So, you know, there we have these we look at the visions of society, if I'm not able to express 
myself authentically, you know, fear of of persecution, then I'm going to show up in society with that those kind of conditions hidden, right? So, and you, you're going to find these divisions because there is people don't build up that empathy for each other's ideas. Empathy is all about uh, having uh, recognizing emotions or ideas with others, right? And that's where condition comes in. So if I'm putting conditions on others that they need to agree with me, otherwise, you know, I will be at odds with them and I don't express that, then I don't give them an opportunity to choose whether to interact with me or not. So if I say, well, you have to agree with me, otherwise, you, uh, yeah, you have to get out of my way. Then they can say, well, actually, I don't agree with that. You know, then at least you can start the conversation and start having that. You don't have to agree with each other, but at least gain an understanding from each other's viewpoints. But if we're constantly staying within our uh, our own shells, as it were, and not expressing ourselves, we're not going to find that common ground. We just have a comment here. I have difficulties expressing myself in partnerships. Out of partnerships, I'm cool. I really need to get better. And I think, yes, it's not necessarily a matter of getting better. It's more a case of seeking the optimal version of yourself. So where you are at the moment, if that this is the best you can do at the moment, then that's fine. If this is the level of expression you can achieve at this moment, that's fine. But understanding that and acknowledging that where you're at is going to help you to move forward because you're going to go, hmm, interesting. Yes, that's how I expressed myself last time. Perhaps if I if I dare to express myself more openly, then perhaps let's try that out, right? Now we we're always in this channel when we go to express ourselves, we are taking a risk, right? Because so say we're in a relationship and we express our point of view, we run the risk of the other party not liking our point of view and saying, you know what? No, I don't agree with that point of view. So I'm going to get out of this relationship now. See you later. Now that's the risk we run. But if we don't express that point of view and it is, it becomes a condition for us to be in that relationship for the other party to have empathy for your idea, when we eventually end up uh, expressing it, then it becomes a bigger problem because now it becomes a point of contention. 
So tackling these head on at an earlier stage is always better, but we, we tend to avoid it because we, we are afraid to lose what we have because we've put that condition on our own happiness. In order for me to be happy, I need to be in this relationship. I will never love anybody like this person ever again. Or at work, you're not able to communicate with your boss efficient or authentically because you're telling yourself, I need this job in order to feel secure. So you place conditions on your relationship with your boss. Now your boss is totally oblivious to this and would probably rather you tell them how you feel. Now, if you don't know that, the boss has also placed a condition on you without expressing it, which is, if you have a problem, I want you to come and see me. And that's a condition, right? For, for the relationship to be healthy, and the boss expects that, if they're a good boss, of course. Um, but if you then go and get upset that your unexpressed condition hasn't been met at work, you are then going to grow uh, discontent with your position. You're going to grow discontent with working at the, for that boss or whatever. And then you might end up saying in the end, well, I'm, I'm not happy, I'm leaving. And the boss goes, well, why is that? Well, you didn't do this for me. And the boss goes, well, I didn't know that I, that was a condition. I know I didn't say anything about it, but I thought you, you should have known. Right? So you see how conditions, we place conditions on ourselves and others in situations without expressing them, then grow into these bigger problems where they are no longer, it doesn't become viable for us to stay in that situation because now we've built up this whole other side, like almost like it becomes its own monster, if you like. Uh, and it's challenging to get rid of that. So expressing it up front, and this is really where I wanted to go with uh, today's uh, chat, is that expressing those conditions up front will always lead to a healthier relationship. So if you have conditions on a gift or conditions on helping someone, conditions on a relationship, conditions on a job, whatever it may be, perhaps check in with yourself first. Is this a reasonable condition? You know, if you're in a relationship and you expect, uh, so a man is in the relationship with this woman and uh, perhaps he expects her to always wear makeup. Now, 
he doesn't express that condition because perhaps he knows somewhere deep inside it's it's not you know re uh, reasonable to expect that but now 10 15 years later every time she shows up without makeup it triggers him something terribly right now when he discovered that he would like to express this condition, perhaps he could have sat down with himself and said, hmm, yeah, I have this expectation with my partner. Is that reasonable? Is that feasible? Why do I have this expectation? So start asking yourself why you have an expectation. Why do I place this condition on the relationship? Or why do I place this condition on myself? What is it that I have experienced? And this is where we show empathy for ourselves or uh, compassion for ourselves. We ask ourselves, what is it that I've experienced that causes me to put this condition and expectation on this relationship, experience, whatever it may be? How would it feel if I didn't had this expectation? How would it feel if I didn't have this condition? So put your brain to work by asking an open-ended question uh, because brains don't like open-ended questions. They don't like loose ends. So you tease them by creating it and uh, they will the, the brain will then go and find the answer. Um, and of course, then bring, don't place it perhaps as a condition, but, you know, if you take the silly example again of the man wanting to, the wife to always wear makeup, perhaps you can express that and say, you know what, I don't know why it is within me, but I feel that I have an expectation on you to always wear makeup. I would like to explore this. And if you bring it out in the open, and you, then you give it an opportunity to work between you as a relationship, and it can help strengthen the relationship because now you're connecting deeper because now you're working together to find something out about yourself. So you don't put it as a condition. You put it out there as finding out something about yourself, finding out what it is that you need to heal within yourself in your relationship. And once you find that and you're able to heal that, then you can release it. Now, the more stuff like that we can heal and release that is part of our core wounding, the closer we're going to get to that unconditionality where we say, I'm grateful for you deciding to be with me in a relationship. And I'm grateful for it as long as it's going to last. I don't know what the future holds. I'm grateful. Right? So we, we're trying to find, you know, so the conditionality is on a spectrum. And there is a level of condition that we is healthy to have. So we, it is healthy for us to have the condition 
uh, or the uh, yeah the condition on ourselves to feel you know uh, feel a connection if we connect with someone and if we don't it's asking why don't I feel like I've connected with this person uh, so there, there is that finding the balance of having condition on others on uh, on the you know I think it's reasonable to have the condition that I shouldn't be in an abusive relationship. Now, I don't, you know, when I <laughs> meet someone, I don't, the first thing I say is not necessarily, I expect us to be, if we're going to be in a relationship, I don't want to be abused. That's not necessarily something you bring up the first date or you state as a condition for the relationship. It's, I think it is implied in, uh, in most cultures anyway. But it's at the same time, you can make the condition that, you know, we're going to be good to each other. Perhaps you make some sort of a commitment as you go into it, uh, makes that relationship a little more serious. Perhaps you create relationship vows for each other where you can state those kind of conditions what you expect out of a relationship so if we have conditions it is beneficial for the experience for the relationship for the transaction whatever it is to state those up front because that gives the other party an opportunity to say you know what I can't meet those conditions. And then they won't feel manipulated or trapped or brought into a relationship they weren't prepared to be in under those conditions. So when we are looking at the outcome, it's also to detach from the outcome. So we, we, we're not saying... I'm going to be in this relationship until we die. Because that's attaching yourself to an outcome. And that's placing a condition on the, on the partner saying, you're going to be in this relationship with me until we die. Because it takes two to tango, right? Hi, yeah, brilliant. In terms of what you said, in terms of conditions, etc., and having these conditions, um, my, my personal experience, what I've been through was basically on my dating profile, it clearly stated I was looking to be a mother one day. Uh-huh. Yeah, I still had. Uh, and with that in mind, I actually accepted getting to know somebody. Um, on that basis that, oh, they've read their profile, it clearly states there. And that's why I never questioned it until like two months down the line, three months down the line. And I'm thinking, oh, now then I got stuck in this where he was like, oh, I'm not looking to have children. And then I was like, whoa, <laughs> do you see what I mean? And, and I thought, oh, my goodness, like, what's going on here now? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And that's why 
at that point I was like, oh, it was clearly stated on my profile and I mentioned it was clearly stated there like twice. Yeah, and uh, um, then but then, and, we, yeah. but then there, there is that we have the expectation, we place the condition on the other person to say that I'm in this relationship because I expect you to have read my profile, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, the, so absolutely, I, one would find it reasonable and feasible that if I state it on my dating profile that they have read it. Uh, but would it be unreasonable to perhaps have brought it up at some point in the early part of the dating process? Oh yes, as I mentioned on my uh, profile. You know, I'm really looking forward to having children, right? So it's, I think the, it's not how we communicate it. It's more, you know, making sure that you have a conversation that you get that affirmative reaction, right? It wasn't like the the person you're dating or was dating, I, I'm assuming at this point, um, <laughs> that the other person... The other person on the first date said, I noticed on your profile says that you want to have children. I don't want to have children, right? So I think that it's reasonable to expect that should also be the reciprocation of acceptance of your condition, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, this is why it needs to be a conversation uh, duplex conversations or back and forth rather than uh, here it is with an expectation that it has been absorbed as well. Uh, but absolutely, I see where you're coming from, Faz. And it is, I think, the online dating world is challenging in that respect because uh, mm. people will put. Uh, most anything on <laughs> 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 no, yeah. it's the real pictures either so <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but yeah no it, it is one of those challenges and it's especially in the early stages of dating where you're trying to put your best foot forward and you're trying to not rock the boat you know you don't want to mm -hmm. end up in a in a you know in a fight on the first date, right? That's mm. not going to cause or be a good fertile ground for a, uh, a continuation <laughs> of the relationship. Or if both parties are contentious, that might be exactly what they need. So you never know. Uh, <laughs> I think in most cases, it's uh, not the case. Uh, so yeah, it's, it is one of those things that as you're moving, it's delicate, but having those conversations early on in whatever relationship you're in is really important. So putting your conditions out there when mm -hmm. the other person has an opportunity to respond, mm -hmm. I think is really important. So that thank you first for bringing that up uh, because it is that other element that is important that the other party has an opportunity to make a choice. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Because the as we know, when we come out come to an experience, we have three choices. We can either be in agreement with the experience or we can try to change the experience. We can change how we view the experience or we can leave the experience. So it's, uh, it is important that we, in that interaction, that we give each other the opportunity to make that choice or make the choice mm-hmm. that's going to be most appropriate for us. Mm-hmm. And if, if we don't voice our conditions right up front, whether that being a job or a relationship with a friend or a lover, if we don't voice those conditions up front, we can't reasonably hold the other person accountable against those conditions and the unexpressed uh, conditions, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's a bit like if it's like we're not psychics and therefore it's a bit like um, if you don't tell the other person how they're meant to know. Yeah. I mean, they can guess if yeah. they want to, but um, in terms of like, um, yeah, you don't want to assume. That's the thing. I, that's the last thing I want to do. Assume. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's always best to ask. Um, and in this situation, I, I should have done a double check in terms of like you know like in credit check double checking second stage yeah just yeah, yeah. To, yeah i guess we have learned lessons from these kind of experiences um well, yeah uh, and it is about giving yeah you you kind of if you take the uh, dating online dating as an example you put this information out there and people are going to kind of pick and choose whatever they want to read out of your profile right now, someone might skip that part because perhaps they feel that, well, well, they're just saying that because they want to, you know, be open to any opportunity, right? Then it's, it is important that both parties, that you, you have that conversation so that you can both sign off on all conditions because they're going to be conditions from both sides right this is what i expect from the uh, from the relationship and if i'm not able to meet that then i have a choice of not entering into the relationship right mm-hmm. so and it's so yeah again looking into to the motivation what is my motivation for these conditions? Or what are the motivations of someone else having conditions on me? What are, what are they looking to achieve with that? Uh, is it manipulative? Is it a deep desire? Is it based on their ethical moral framework? What are the motivations? And, and of course, you know, not making assumptions. I mean, it's one of the four agreements that I hold dearly is not to make assumptions about other people. Not making assumptions that we know everybody else's story. So if someone mm-hmm. comes with unreasonable uh, demands or uh, conditions on me, Rather than letting it trigger me, perhaps I can say, ask myself, oh, I wonder what 
that person has experienced in order for them to put those kind of conditions on others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, in this situation, he's already, he's already had children. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, and he doesn't want to do diaper changing and all that stuff no more in terms of like, he doesn't want to be at that stage no more. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, so past it. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Coolio's. And just was fun. And I was like, mm, okay, we're at different levels here. Exactly. And yeah. you both make the decision. Well, you may make the decision, you know what? I'm, I want to have a little fun for six months. So then you say, okay, well, we'll see where it goes. Uh, if it doesn't work, you have to, you know, six months, then let's part ways. But then that mm -hmm. becomes a condition then you you both go into it with open eyes, right? Mm. Where you say, then, you know what? No, I really want to have children and I want to be in a relationship where there is the prospect of that. So nice meeting you. See you later. <laughs> well, and that's that's it, right? Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Like you said, if you love somebody enough and if, if, yeah, you just let them go and let it happen. If it happens, it happens. If not, it's okay. You still... Yeah surviving you're still breathing it's okay there's no attachments yeah exactly. you're happy you're happy you know well that's it we everybody is not for everybody right yeah so if you if there are those conditions that are being verbalized and they don't fit with what you can deliver into the relationship then it, it may seem crass, but you, then you say, okay, pleasure getting to know you, but I'm sorry, I can't meet these conditions or expectations. So therefore, I think uh, it's better we part ways here. It's better mm -hmm. to do that at the point where when the conditions are being set than 20 years down the line and <laughs> you've now invested all this time and energy into the relationship. and. Mm -hmm. uh, now there's uh, contention in the uh, relationship uh, because there are conditions that you can't meet and you never intended to meet them, um, but you might not have known about them to begin with. Mm. Right? Definitely. Makes sense. Thank you so much, Chris. Well, thank you, Fast. Um, so, yeah, it's looking at... Uh, encouraging the positive condition, right? Charity, connection, uh, seeking to what is it that makes my frequency rise? What are the conditions that serve that as opposed to the conditions that serve my core wounding or my fear? So trying to delineate between those and seeing what if there are conditions I place on myself or others, perhaps uh, I think it was uh, last week we, we were someone was um, putting out there that they had a friend who was putting conditions on the friendship and saying that the other person wasn't being a, fr a good friend, but the other person had done everything they felt was possible. So there were conditions that weren't being met. 
one party felt the conditions were being unreasonable. The other party felt that those conditions weren't met, so therefore they had to stop the friendship. Um, now, to me, it sounds like those kind of conditions come from core wounding rather than from a high-frequency place, right? So it's, when we are looking at the motivation of why we place conditions on ourselves and uh, the environment around us, it's good to sit down and understand what frequency does this, the motivation hold. And if it's a low frequency, if it's a core, comes from the core wounding, then at least you've discovered something. It's all about learning about ourselves and discovering what is it that I need to heal about myself. I need to heal within myself. And asking these questions and looking at these motivations will allow us to find those places. So rather than being discouraged or afraid of these, the answers as well, the places we find, allow yourself to be grateful for the discoveries you make. Because sometimes we have to go ugly places within ourselves. And it's unpleasant. But we need to go there in order to heal it. And once we heal it, then we can move into a state of not having those conditions placed on the environment around us. And we'll experience that level of flow of energy. We can make new connections. We can uh, enter into relationships on a completely different perspective, uh, uh, from a different uh, perspective than we have done previously. Because now we don't have those conditions on the relationship. It becomes a freer, much more flowing relationship. Right? So, and finally, really be kind and grateful for learning about yourself. So be kind to yourself as you go through that process. When you're discovering the conditions that you tend to put on yourself and others, the conditions you put on your joy and your happiness, you know, when I get this job, I'll be happy. Well, no. What would it take for you to be happy right now? How would it feel for you to discover the happiness within yourself? Happiness is not attached to something else in the future. Love is not attached to someone that you're in a relationship with. It is all within you already. It's a matter of you allowing yourself to experience that in the moment, in any given moment. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate this conversation. I think conditions are made to create certain boundaries and to control in certain way our life. <laughs> but life is meant for me to not be controlled. So we have to be flexible and, as you say, to revisit constantly in the present. Mm -hmm. For example, me and my husband, we met when we were athletes. So we were running half marathon every Sunday together. 
Um, well, we accept certain challenge in our life. Um, our bodies like are not the same. But today in the morning, I saw him doing P90X. And I admire him so much because without sleeping, you're doing P90X. So the admiration wasn't based on the side of the muscle. It was made on, I know you won't give up on this. And I was running my three little miles, very like, like I, I look like a grandma, like super light, slow, <laughs> but I won't give up. <laughs> so, um, so that's a condition of big thickness that I know it won't, it will change probably regarding life situations, but it won't change the seeking of Mm-hmm. Continue exercising, and but the, in other situations like 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 war or very like situations that are outside of our control. For example, the condition of peace is is so much deeper. Um, sometimes we cannot avoid like the pain. Whoa. And for like coming back to the example of running and not feeling like the old self that we used to be, like I was running today and I was feeling my my heartbeat, I was feeling my breath, and I said, Oh my god, this is not me. I just accept my breath or lack of breath, like okay, let's listen to this. And what I want to say is if someone here has someone that is in the conflict with Russia and Ukraine, Ukraine, my full like, like empathy. Sometimes we just have to feel and don't have any like um, expectation on what we're feeling. When we are in very like limited situations, we don't feel the, like in the movies, like you don't feel sadness or you don't feel like you, so just being aware just being aware of the body of being aware of of the actions you're taking with the other being a, and peace sometimes is peace inside ourselves even though you you have to leave your house behind forever you've done that yourself haven't you Tatiana? Mm-hmm. yes and sometimes it's a lifetime like learning and just feel it, like allow yourself to feel whatever is coming. Like, and the condition of peace don't have to surrender in war times. Mm-hmm. Like, that's well, it. Well, it's like Nelson Mandela, you know, sitting in uh, Robben Island for 27 years or whatever it was. And he came to the understanding that it wasn't the jail that made him feel trapped and incarcerated. It was his mindset. So he started to shift his mindset to feeling free. And he said, you know, there's nothing, no walls or bars on the windows that can keep me in. It is how I feel within myself and how I uh, free myself so he put a condition on himself that there is nothing that can hold me in 
no physical boundaries that can hold me up. And that was freedom to him, right? So, and you're absolutely right. And it's a good point that we put these conditions externally to us in order to control the environment external to us. So it becomes a control function. And when we realize, and we, I've talked talk a lot about this as well, it's like when we realize that the only three things we can control are our own thoughts, words, and actions, then we also realize that the conditions we place on anybody else are useless. They're ineffectual because they are a control function and nobody has to adhere to the conditions we place on anybody. We can get, you know, throw a tantrum and get upset and so forth. There's nothing that says that they have to adhere to our conditions. They do it because they feel it's appropriate for them to do it. And it aligns with what they believe is fair and feasible. And it's, yes, it falls within what I can offer up in this relationship. Right? So appreciate that. Thank you, Tatiana. Thank you. I'll say thank you to everybody for showing up today and bringing your beautiful energies and your inquisitiveness and uh, your questions and uh, comments. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful day. So what's your conclusion? Do you think unconditionality is something that can benefit us? Is it something that is possible in this human physical experience? Well, on your path to or your journey towards uh, getting the answer to those questions, then uh, make sure that you are aware of the conditions and expectations you put on yourself and the world around you. And most importantly, if you do put conditions and expectations on uh, yourself or anybody else out there, express it. If you don't express it, then how will people know what expectations they are supposed to meet? Um, and, uh, you know, notice how you react to when your expectations aren't met or people are have agreed to your conditions and don't show up to uh, fulfill those. If these are things that are ch challenging you or triggering you, perhaps uh, these are things, there are some things in your blind spots that might be need to be uncovered as it were so uh, if that's the case why don't you come along and uh, contact us at uh, or go to our website thealchemyexperience.co.uk and click on the 30 minute uh, free consultation link and uh, schedule a time with us to sit down and explore if we're the place for you to uh, discover these blind spots for yourselves well, that's it for us for this week. I hope to see you next week when we release the next episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast on Friday at 11.11 11 British time. In the meantime, stay aware and enjoy.